Welcome to the Diabetes and Endocrinology Podcast, where endocrinologist Dr. Julian Wong, who is based in Whittington Health Hospital, London, discusses cases and topics on diabetes and endocrinology. In the previous episode, we learned how to take a basic history and what to ask specifically to a patient with diabetes. In this episode, we'll learn what to ask in an endocrine history. So, endocrinology. So, the way I try to think about a structure around endocrinology is if you break it down actually there are not many things that can go wrong in endocrinology uh, which is why I love it. Uh, You either have too much hormone or too little hormone um, or the gland is too big and it's pressing on something so it can cause a mass effect or it's a cancer. Those are kind of the main things that go wrong. So um, so think a little bit, what are the symptoms of hormone excess for each hormone? What are the symptoms of hormone deficiency for each hormone? And familiarize yourself, because those are the kind of questions you need to ask. And then think about what are the, what are the symptoms of mass effect of that particular gland. So we'll go through that. Then once you've established the hormone status, think about what are the questions that will distinguish etiology? So in order to do that, you need to have some idea what are the main causes of certain pathologies, but you can ask questions that will help you discriminate one etiology from the other. And I'll show you an example as well. So gonadal status is often forgotten, um, and I'll go through that as well, and then family history. So this is just a high-level summary. So hormone screen. So the way I think about it uh, to try to not miss off is... I think of the main hormonal axes, so for example, hypothalamic, pituitary, adrenal, and think what are all the hormones involved in those axes and what could go wrong. So let's think about HPA axis. What are the adrenal hormones? Adrenaline and noradrenaline. Okay, good. So so too much of that would cause what kind of problem? So... Pheochromocytoma and catecholamine, so um, uh, the symptoms of a fear would be something you said palpitations, yeah, tachycardia, headaches, sweating. So those are the big ones. Headaches, um, uh, sweating, palpitations, those are the big ones. And classically the description is, is it continuous or is it episodic? So often they're episodic, so you have periods where you're fine and then suddenly this comes on and you feel like dying um, because you've got this burst of adrenaline being produced. So, so adrenaline, um, cortisol for Cushing's, what other hormones are produced by the adrenal gland? So too much um, aldosterone causes uh, something called Conn syndrome or primary hyperaldosteronism. So what does aldosterone do? So salt and water reabsorption. So, so it causes hypertension. Okay. So, uh, so hypertension would be one of the things you should think about or screen for uh, with hyperaldosteronism. Any other hormones made by the adrenal gland? Is testosterone? Yeah, it's correct. So you can get sex steroids as well. Okay. So, uh, so sometimes some tumors of the adrenal gland can also cause uh, excessive androgen production. Okay. So. More, more of a problem in women uh, with adrenal tumours. They can sometimes get um, uh, uh, hyperandrogenism. Um, Hypothalamic pituitary thyroid axis. So what are the symptoms of 
thyrotoxicosis. So too much thyroid hormone. Palpitations. Hypothermic, good, feeling hot and sweaty. Yeah, sweating. Weight loss, perfect. So, so again, you need to familiarize yourself with some of the symptoms related to hormone excess and deficiency so that you can inquire about them during your history taking. Um, and then hypothyroidism, conversely, what are the symptoms or signs of hypothyroidism? Feeling cold, gaining weight, good. Tiredness, perfect. Hair loss actually can be from both thyrotoxicosis and hypothyroidism. And then, um, and so in terms of then, other, what are other pituitary hormones are there that you can think of? What other hormones are made by the pituitary gland? Growth hormone, perfect. So too much growth hormone would cause what condition? Acromegaly, good. Any other um, hormones made by the pituitary gland? Prolactin, good. So too much prolactin would cause what problem? Yeah, perhaps so it could, can cause um, um, uh, galacteria, yeah, so um, discharge. And too much prolactin suppresses LH and FSH and therefore causes high secondary hypogonadism. Okay, good. Any other hormones by the pituitary gland? ADH. Good, good, okay. Too little ADH would cause what problem? What does ADH do? What does ADH stand for? Okay, good. So the, the clue is in the name. So what does antidiuretic do? Diuretic hormone do? Yeah, it controls your urine concentration. Okay, um, and so if you have an absence of antidiuretic hormone, would you produce lots or very little urine? Lots, yeah. So that's called diabetes insipidus. What screening question would you ask a patient to find out whether they've got diabetes insipidus? You could try to quantify it. Uh, so how, how many times a day do you go to the toilet? Um, but often people can't remember. Can you remember how many times you went to the toilet yesterday? Yeah. But what might you remember that would be in terms of going to the toilet a lot? If you just can't control... Sorry? Correct. How many times do you go at night? So it's not normal for most people to wake up many times at night to pee. So nocturia is a really good screening question for, uh, for um, somebody with diabetes insipidus or somebody with very badly controlled diabetes mellitus because of hyperglycemia and the osmotic effects. Okay. So how many times at night are you getting up to pee is a very good question. So mass effect. So do you understand what I mean by mass effect? So the, all organs or glands have a certain size, and if it gets bigger because of a tuber, it can press on adjacent structures. Okay? And the symptoms derived from pressing against these adjacent structures are the mass effect. Okay? So, so if we think about the pituitary gland, okay, it's like a cherry in a wine glass. Okay? So it's surrounded... It's, got a, it's in the cellar, uh, and it's got a few structures around it. So can you think of what structures are around the pituitary gland? Optic chiasm. The optic chiasm. So that sits above it. So if it grows up and pushes up against the optic chiasm, then classically it would produce what type of vision problem? Bitemporal hemianopia. So um, it, it's not always perfectly neat like that, but because it's on the chiasm itself, 
Classically, it's a peripheral field defect, um, at, so it's a bilateral temporal hemianopia. So those are things that you need to ask about, but also examine for. Good. Um, any other structures near the pituitary gland? So, so on the side, there are also um, uh, some of the cranial nerves as well. Um, so you can also get um, uh, ophthalmoplegia related to um, uh, invasion of uh, pituitary tumors uh, affecting the cranial nerves. So, um, good. Thyroid, so what structures live near the thyroid gland? That could, that may cause symptoms of a mass effect with a goiter. Larynx. Yeah, perfect, good. Okay, the larynx um, uh, and trachea, yeah. So, um, so what, what symptoms would a patient report? Hoarseness. Okay, so hoarseness of the voice Classically, it relates to the recurrent laryngeal nerve, which can be damaged by tumors or surgery. So a hoarse voice would be a red flag symptom for somebody with a thyroid nodule in terms of could this be an invasive cancer because it's invading the recurrent laryngeal nerve. Good. What about the trachea? Perfect, yeah, so it might be deviated, but they... Don't often say, oh, I'm looking at trachea and it looks deviated. What symptoms might they report? Difficulty breathing, yeah, perfect. And, um, and the, often the difficulty is worse when they're lying flat. Okay? Um, and there's a sign actually for goiters where it's compressing the venous return called Pemberton sign. I've actually never seen one live, um, uh, but there's, I think, quite a nice video on YouTube called Pemberton sign, where you basically get the patient to lift their arms like that for a few minutes and their face just turns bright red uh, because it's affecting the venous return because of a large goiter. Okay. So, um, so uh, if somebody finds one and they can get patient permission, please record it for me. Um, but it's not a common sign. So that's what I mean by thyroid mass effect. Any other structures around the thyroid? Uh, the parathyroid, yes. Because they don't tend to, because you've got four, they don't tend to all get squashed and damaged that way. So you don't typically have symptoms or signs of mass effect related to the parathyroid. Any other? Just anatomically, what else is here? Esophagus. esophagus, perfect. So if you've got something pressing against your esophagus, what might you complain of? Difficulty swallowing. Difficulty swallowing, perfect. So those are symptoms you should inquire about. All right. Have you got difficulty swallowing? Is it solids or liquids or both? Um, difficulty breathing, etc. Here are a few learning points from today. 1. The main endocrinology problems are too much hormone, too little hormone, and mass effect. 2. While taking a history in endocrinology, always think which hormonal axes are affected. Ask about the presence of specific symptoms caused by hormone excess or deficiency. For example, in the HPA axis, too much catecholamine causes episodic headache, sweating and palpitations. Too much cortisol causes Cushing's. Too much aldosterone causes hypertension. And too much androgen causes hyperandrogenism. For thyroid hormone, thyroid toxicosis causes hyperthermia, weight loss and palpitation, whereas hypothyroidism causes feeling cold, weight gain and hair loss. For other pituitary hormones, too much growth hormone causes acromegaly. Too much prolactin causes galacturia and hypergonadism, while too little ADH causes polyuria. 3. 
Mass effect is the symptoms caused by enlarged glands pressing on nearby structures. An enlarged pituitary gland could press on optic chiasm, leading to bitemporal hemionopia or cranial nerves causing optimal plegia, whereas an enlarged direct gland can affect the recurrent laryngeal nerve causing hoarse voice, trachea causing difficulty breathing, veins leading to Pemberton's sign, and esophagus causing difficulty swallowing. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you learned something today, please consider to subscribe and share it with your friends. See you next time. Until then, stay curious.